Welcome, welcome, welcome to HMG Podcast. This is your host, Hashem Garrett. Welcome to the show. First things first, let's cut the music. Cut it, cut it. Here we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Welcome to Storytime on HMG Podcast. We'll jump right into episode two on season two. Talking about Sierra Sher. On the last episode, we read the story about Detective Stephen McDonald, former NYPD police officer, in the book Why Forgive. And now we will hear about the story of little Sierra Sher. Sierra was three when she was hit by a car while walking across the street in Troy, New York, with her mother. Months of surgery, recuperation, and therapy followed, but she never fully recovered. Today, despite her confinement to a wheelchair and her inability to walk or use her arms and hands, she writes by holding a pen between her teeth. Sierra is a spunky nine-year-old who has dreams of becoming lead vocalist in her own rock band and founding a home for disabled children. Sierra says, I am trapped outside, but free on the inside. She wrote in a recent issue of her school newspaper, I probably do more than anyone else than that can walk. Overall, being paralyzed isn't so bad. But if you talk to her grandmother and primary care, Alice Kalunga, you'll get another angle of the picture. Sierra's an inspiration. She doesn't have any animosity at all. She is a very positive human being and doesn't dwell on what happened to her or feel sorry for herself. She's just a normal kid, as far as she's concerned. As much as was taken from her, she gives that much back a thousand times in her short life to the people around her. But that still doesn't undo what was done to her. I'll never forget the first couple of days after the accident. We were up in Albany in the pediatric ICU, and there were a lot of people milling around with their children. But there were two young men there who kind of stood out because they were always there watching me. Finally, one of them approached me and asked if I was related to the little girl who got hit by the car. I said I was. Then he asked me if I was her grandmother. I said yes. At this point, I asked him, who he was, and he said he was the man who had hit her. I was stunned. Then he asked me if I could forgive him. When I tried to put myself in this stranger's shoes and think how devastated I would feel if I were him, I knew right away I had to forgive him. So I did. Then I hugged him. Just at that moment, my daughter came out of the ICU. She was horrified to see me talking with this man and was very angry at me. She started telling me how the accident had happened, how the driver had been so impatient. He had driven around the vehicle in front of him, which had stopped for a traffic light and run into her and Sierra. Then, trying to flee the scene, he had, an, he had accelerated and hit Sierra a second time, breaking her neck and crushing her spine. At first, I couldn't believe it. I said, nobody would do anything like that. But I soon found out that my daughter was not exaggerating. I was so horrified. I felt like I had been raped. I had been robbed of my forgiveness by a man who wasn't the least bit entitled to it. Alice says that despite her shock and the fury of her daughter who told her she had no right to forgive anyone for what happened, she is certain 
she did the right thing. As angry as some people are that I did it in my heart, I know I forgave that driver for the right reason, even if I was just going on instinct. I can honestly say that if I had not forgiven him at that particular moment, I might never have been able to. It's so clear to me now that he didn't deserve it. But if I were him, if I had done what he did, I know I would still want forgiveness. That's how I was thinking when I originally forgave him. Of course, since then, I found out a lot more about that driver. He's continued to flout the law and to do bodily harm to others without showing any kind of remorse. Last I heard, he had 37 violations on his license. When he hit Sierra, he had already had 19. Lord only knows what else he has done. Alice says it's a daily fight to hang on to her initial offer of forgiveness. But she also says that the struggle has made her a stronger person. It's taken me such a long time to get over the feeling of having been used. A long time. But I have gotten over it. I don't think he'll ever be worthy of my forgiveness. Still, I can carry my burdens a whole lot easier now than when I had to carry my anger around as well. And because of that, I can live a better life and give my energy to someone who deserves it. Someone like Sierra. You know, by illustrating the power of forgiveness in their own lives, people like Stephen and Alice make exemplary models for others who want to forgive. But ultimately, they are just that, models. And if their stories are to be of any real use beyond merely edifying us, we must find the points at which their journeys intersect with our own. Obviously, the road to healing and wholeness cannot be the same for everyone. Everyone moves at his own place and there are different paths to the same destination. Some people find strength to forgive within themselves, others through the help of those around them. Some are able to forgive only when they recognize their own inadequacy and turn to a higher power. Still, others are never really able to forgive at all. Terry, a a local prison inmate I correspond with, is 37 years old. So far, he's spent 19 of them in prisons, jails, or detention homes of one kind or another. Forcibly abducted from his abusive parents by child welfare agents, determined to save him and his siblings, Terry and his brothers, was shunted shunted from one foster home to another over a period of two decades. In one foster home, Terry was secretly beaten by the woman in charge at another, repeatedly raped by older roommates. Yet another home, the priest who ran it molested him. Multiple escapes were followed by multiple recaptures, which were followed by days of solitary confinement in a locked room. His food passed through a slot in the door and nothing to wear but undershorts. Terry has spent so much of his life on drugs and alcohol that parts of his youth are only a blur. He has attempted suicide too many times to count. Still, he yearns to forgive the people who have made his life the hell it is, to forgive himself for the stupid choices he recognized that he himself made along the way, and to be forgiven for the crimes, the burglary, and the drunk driving that have landed him in jail. I'll sit and tell you every one of my sins, and I... I'm truly very sorry for everyone, even for the ones I'm not even aware of. Believe me, I've got a good heart. I'd give whatever I have if someone asked me. I love other people, but hate myself. Does that make any sense?
It hurts me to see someone else hurt, but at the same time, I've hurt every person I've ever loved. Are all my emotions directed in the wrong place, or am I just a real screwball? To be honest, a lot of my problems have to do with holding on to grudges. I do not know how to let them go. There's so much pent-up anger in me, so much hate and bitterness inside. I'm, I'm just not able to truly love. Nothing seems to be able to block the demons in my head or take away the unexplained pain I feel each and every day. When I'm with other people, I can fake it. I joke around, I laugh, but once I'm alone, I get sober and all those feelings, loneliness, abandonment, revenge, suicide, come welling up and take hold of me. I've undergone psychiatric counseling. I've been through rehab and halfway houses. I've been on every medication there is, but nothing works for me, nothing. I've begged Jesus to come into my life so many times and part of him has or I wouldn't be writing this letter to you. But how do I get rid of all the crap that takes up so much space in my mind? I feel like I'm unable to make a conscious decision to stop hating. My childhood is over and done, I know, but I am still pissed off at my parents because of what they did to me and my brothers when we were kids. Sometimes I lie in bed at night dreaming about how I'd punch them in the face if I ever saw them again. I know the Bible says... Honor your father and mother, but I can't. I try to. I try very hard. But I just can't let my anger go. I am so messed up by my childhood. Last time I saw my oldest brother, he was dying of AIDS. Another brother has been in a mental hospital for 40 years now. Another lives upstate and beats the hell out of his children like dad beat the hell out of him. I've called the child protection agency on him several times. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for other people. I pray that God can help me to become the person he wants me to be. I pray that I can accept anything thrown at me in the course of a day. I pray that I can accept who I am. I need to learn how to rid myself of the hate I feel because it's killing me. One of my biggest fears is dying in this prison. I'm scared my soul would be stuck here. I honestly want to forgive those I hate, including my parents. Even though dark thoughts enter my mind all the time and I have to pray daily to remove them, I see my own need for forgiveness too. I want so badly to be a good person and to change my ways. I've read in the Bible about how Jesus touched people and transformed their lives. They only had to get close enough to him to touch his robe and then they'd be healed. I know I'm only a speck of dust among millions of others, but I wish I could find that healing for myself. Or am I expecting too much? You know, Terry may never be able to confront the people who need his forgiveness or come to terms with the suffering he has endured at their hands. Even if he did, he might never be able to pull himself together and verbalize the forgiveness he wishes he could grant them. In a situation like this, where the fear of being misunderstood or trampled on is very great and may be too painful to expose one's deepest feelings. In the end, however, it is not words that matter. For Terry, as for each of us, it is our inmost attitude that really counts. That is what will tip the scales of our lives in the direction we really want to go, no matter how many conflicting emotions threaten to throw us off balance. 
Well, that brings me to the end of story time. And so I hope you enjoyed those stories and found them meaningful or insightful. In the next episode, episode three, we'll be reading about Bud Welch. Now he lost his 23-year-old daughter, Julie. He said it was the pride of his life. To this day, he cannot see, he cannot say he has forgiven the man who killed her. We're going to learn all about Bud Welch. So thank you for taking a ride with me and just listening. And maybe this stories of forgiveness is something that'll strike a chord and resonate. Always remember that forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. Always remember that whatever is rare or unique has enormous value and it is the same with you. It is no accident who you are. God made you for a special purpose. God gave you a task and a purpose that nobody else can do as well as you can. Out of billions of applicants, only one is qualified, you. Only one has the right combination of what it takes. That one is you. You are very special. Stay well, stay blessed. Thank you for joining me on HMG Podcast Storytime. Hashem Min Garrett, signing out.